The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Who's his favorite target going to be? Oh, we just are speculating. Uh, speculating. Speculating? <laughs> You're hanging out with me too much, man. I'm going down You're a spiral. On fire. Of, You're on uh, fire here. I'm, I'm falling off a cliff here, so I'll have to stop talking. You've but- had a long weekend. Oh, yeah, baby. That's right. It's Chris Sims unbuttoned. It's episode 501. Ahmed Farid is here. We're not speculating or anything yeah. like that. We're just getting right into it. It's top 40 crown down today. There's no speculation. I can't believe you made an error like Speculating. that. Speculating. Yeah. Speculating. Yeah. That is a really good one. That is, you are hanging out too much with me. I don't think I really appreciated that until hearing it back right again. <laughs> and it's like when you misspeak. Yeah. It is jarring, right? Yeah. I mean, we expect... The show comes to a halt. Well, we expect me to misspeak. I can't speak clearly. We need to stop the show when I say a sentence the right way. You are like... Yeah. You're a pretty damn smooth talker. I'm supposed to be at Mike Tarico in training. Well, that, you're always Johnny Host. Yes. I mean, even when That's you're not hosting, you're a host. I'm a host. I mean, if I have you in the barn and we were having a party in the middle of July, you'd still be the host. I'm like, welcoming. You know, you I try to get everyone hey, talking. How are you today? Yeah. Well, uh, well, Catherine, this is Chris's <laughs> daughter. I don't think I talk quite like that. But yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm having fun. <laughs> but when, yes, you, I yeah. hold you to that right. Tarico standard. I hold myself Bob to that standard. Costas, this man has never met up a word in the English language ever in yeah. his life. I think it happens more than you hear. Yeah. Maybe you just don't pay attention. Thank right. you for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with all this travel and back and forth, like, there's going to be more of it. There's yeah. going to be more of it. How could so there not be? I mean, ready for it. you're traveling all around the country. You're working hard. Yeah. You got a little of the sniffles today. A little bit. Yeah, because yeah, you were in a disgusting plane twice this weekend again. Like so. three times. Like Kentucky Derby. Like everyone yeah. got sick last yeah. year for Kentucky oh, Derby. Right. I haven't right. heard this year, but... Uh, but we got Preakness this weekend, too, so more traveling this weekend. Wow. And, Are you doing b- baseball on Sunday? Yeah, and then we go to Cincinnati. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> I've got about an hour and a half to get from the, uh, the oh. trophy ceremony at Pimlico Racecourse right. to a Southwest flight headed for Cincinnati. So wow. we'll see if that happens. I don't know if it's going to work. It's half an hour between the airport and Pimlico. There's no way. They're going to expect you to be there for the after of the race this time? I'm doing the I'm doing the ceremony. You're yeah, doing, I'm doing the, the ceremony. Whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, they better have a fill-in for Sunday. Or it's going to be beaten so fast. Wow. I know. And I if know. you're not watching and only listening, listen. Ahmed is like Mr. Professional. Yeah. And is always happy to do anything, but 
when I said, oh, wait, you got to go the next day, you gave like a, a you, you put on a good fake smile and a laugh. And you're like, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It was I'm a lot excited of work. about it. Yeah. No. it w- <laughs> if it goes well, you're happy you did it. Right. right? It's always the way. If, it's, if it goes smooth and you're, yeah, the show was good, you're like, I'm glad I did that. That was really fun. That was crazy, but it was fun. If it's a disaster, then you're like, why did we do that? Why did we even try? But I think it's going to work. It's going to work. Yeah. It's going to work. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what's really going to work? What's going to work? This is what the host does of this show. <laughs> Your top 40 quarterback countdown oh, this that'll year. that'll work. You know uh, it. People may disagree, yeah. as they do every year, and we invite that. Yeah, of course. We invite people to chime in and throw hateful messages because it's all towards you. It's it, not towards me exactly or Morgan right. or Kristen or Pete nah, just or Matt me. Casey. It's just to you. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we previewed it a little bit last time we talked. Uh, for those that may not have heard that or are new to the podcast, hello, welcome to the hello, podcast. Welcome. Uh, what we do every offseason, what Chris does is he sits in his barn, he writes down all the names of the quarterbacks in the league, starter or not, oh, and ranks everyone. them ranks them forty to one or one to forty. Maybe. I chip away. I chip away. It's a it's a process. You start with Jimmy Garoppolo at twenty and then you go above <laughs> go Jimmy and below Jimmy. It's like that's <laughs> yeah. how you sort of begin with. I really I do, do this though. I write every quarterback in the league down. And I put it all on a sheet of paper. And, of course, I have the team above them. They're on. And I start to just whittle away, cross people off. Okay, this person, there's no way they're in the top 40. This person's on the top 40. And then I whittle it down, and I get down to, like, 58. And then usually I get down, and I think I told you this a little last week, where I usually can get down to, like, okay, wait, I think I, I got 45 guys here that are legitimately in the top 40 countdown conversation. So now I just got a nitpick here to cancel out five guys. This year I got done with the process, and I think I told you I was at, like, 55 or 56, where I went, ooh, I have a little more guys here that could – you know, be in the running and slowly but surely chip away from there. And then I start to get into, okay, let's do all 32, like, perceived starting quarterbacks. Yep. Let's rank them a little bit. So I get a little ranking of just the 32. And then I have the other ranking of the guys that are the backups or whatever. And then I slowly start to tinker together and put it all together when I go, okay, I think I have my order of the backup guys the right way. And I have the starters the right way all right, now some of these backup guys are better than these guys I have on the starters, and then where am I going to start to put these things and, and put it on the list? And I crack away. I just start to crack away that way. It was a year where, and I think I've said this before, the top 10 was, um, I don't want to say easy, but I felt pretty good about it pretty quickly. I tinkered with it, of course. I did. You know, the, the, it's, an, it's a year where it's 9 through 20 is extremely close. And then, like I said, some of these back-end guys, there seemed like there was more of a lower, lower middle class this year for okay. me in the process where I went, man, there's a lot of guys that could be in the 32 to 48 range here depending on who you talk to or what you like, a quarterback or whatever else, right? Yeah. And that made it hard on me this year. Which is good for teams because we often say if you have a shot at making the playoffs, you've got to have a pretty good backup quarterback. You think there are more quality backup quarterbacks this year than maybe in years past. I think so. In other years that I've done this exercise, yes, I came away this year going, man, I'm, I'm going to leave this guy off the list, and he's a, he's a good player. Like you, You'd want this guy as your backup quarterback, right? So that's where uh, it, it did seem a little different this year maybe than, than other years.
other years. We'll talk about some of those honorable mentions later on, yeah. maybe as we go, because we yeah. don't like to give things away. No, right. We don't want to do that. So, so we don't want to hit those today, for sure. So we'll just go. We'll dive right into it. And again, this is team independent. It's taking the quarterback out of the situation. Yep. This is not a prediction of what their stats are going to be or who's going to look the best or who's going to win the most games. This is if you had a quarterback draft, knowing nothing about the rest of the team, who's calling the plays, which quarterback would you take number one, two, three, four, as you go? Exactly right. That, that, that's, that, that's how we're doing it. It's, it's basically a 40-man depth chart, right, for mm-hmm. the quarterback position. Yeah. We're all on the same team, and I'm going to you know, choose that. And then, you know, again, I know, yes, certain guys got different strengths or weaknesses or whatever else. And, yeah, that's where, you know, I got to use my experience and things I've learned and taught and seen my whole life to start to nitpick and make a little difference out of those, those type of situations. Yeah, and if Patrick Mahomes was on the Houston Texans instead of the Kansas City Chiefs, theoretically he would be in the same spot in the Chris Sims quarterback rankings. Well, yeah, that's where usually I get in trouble every year is because we have those type of things where I go, oh, wait, this guy's really good player. It's like Matthew Stafford was that guy forever, right? Nobody could see that. You're Detroit Lion quarterback. Yeah. Where Lions fans saw it because they're them. watching it on a weekly basis yeah. and they're going, oh, we would have lost by 30 today if we didn't have Matthew Stafford. But the rest of the country's just watching the highlights going, oh, there's Stafford throwing a pick late in the fourth quarter. And you're like, yeah, but the Lions fans are going like, yeah, but he threw like 30 like jaw-dropping throws that kept us in the game. Like, we, there's no way we would have been in the game. And then people say, well, they went 5-12. and 12. It can't be that good. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? So those are, the, those are your examples. That's a, that's, and he's maybe the prime example there for a little while. So the same as every year, we're doing 40, but a little different. Yeah. We're doing tiers. Tiers. So we will group them even uh, a little more accurately or Well, you and love tiers. Yeah, you guys love tiers, right? You well, love you're not tiers. on board with the tier. <laughs> no, I am. Tier I am situation. actually just thinking it, it, it adds to – the context of the situation yeah. a little bit more. Yep. It makes it a little more fun to see who is grouped together. Yeah. And yeah, how you view them. And there is something there that, that brings it all together as far as uh, people are in the same tier, right? Like I just think about the, the draft process and the running backs, right? With B. John Rogerson and Jameer Gibbs. Everyone's like, what? Like B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs got overdrafted. And, you know, hey, but, you know, I don't, I'm not just saying just me. There's other people out there, too, where, yeah, we had them in the same tier. B. John Robinson was better, but Gibbs was in that class, right? Yeah. To say, like, this isn't shocking that he's being drafted in the top 20 here. Um, and I think that's where it adds a little context, too. So I think we should give the tier when we get to the last player of that tier. So it doesn't totally give it away here, right? So, Pete, you think that works? So, well, there's, there's two yeah. players in this tier. Yeah, that would give it away right yeah, away. We'll, so we'll, we won't say yet. So we're going to start at 40. Right. And this is the Tom Brady tier. So 40 is Tom Brady. Emeritus. <laughs> emeritus. Brady was 41. He just, he just, <laughs> luck, I crossed them off. I mean, you have to consider. I mean, this is not you have a team, have a job uh, or not. You maybe, maybe, no. Tom Brady is not going to be in this top 40 list for the first time in in, forever forever <laughs> yeah, in the right. history of his career and has, as long as chris sims has been doing this yeah, exactly all right we start at the start at the bottom and then we go to the top started so at the bottom now we're here chris sims top 40 quarterback countdown we start at 40 at and, number 40 and that is and that is desmond ritter quarterback atlanta falcons of course he's a quarterback chris you an idiot it's a quarterback <laughs> countdown right but yes desmond ritter 40 and hey this is a it's a second year quarterback who didn't play very much as a first year quarterback so again, these are these are some of the tougher parts of my process here. You know, yes, he's, he's he is the starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. There's no doubt about that. What he is, what 
you know, what he is as a player. Uh, there's not a lot of video evidence to go off of right now, right? Other than, hey, we got the preseason. We got the end of the season where he played his four games and got some good reps there and everything there. But he's really, I mean, was, you really break it down. It's, it's, we're talking about a rookie. It's, it's still a rookie quarterback almost. Right. Rookie plus. Yeah. He got a year of seeing what it's like to be in the NFL and see Marcus Mariota's approach on a weekly basis. And all those things are good. Desmond Ritter. I think the first thing I would say about the guy and this goes into my rankings. He's he's a quarterback. He's made to lead people. He's got great personality. Right. I think he's the kind of guy that you know doesn't blink or, oh, wait, I'm playing bad and people are jumping on me. I think he's a very even keel. Nothing really affects him. I love that aspect about him, let alone I think he's got leadership qualities, toughness, all that, too. Now, with, you know, his football on the field. There was improvements from last year from what I saw in college. There's no doubt. Like when I started to put film on him and Desmond Ritter and start to just, you know, write little notes and things that jumped out to me about him, you know, yes, mechanics improved from college. I had issues with his throwing, right, coming out. He was number five for you yes. in that draft class right. behind Matt Corral, right. uh, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and Sam Howell. Yes, right. So it, he's it, better than that now. I think he's definitely better than that. And he's on an upward trajectory. And some of the things that I saw that were issues for me they did get better you know I talked about a lot you know there's some mechanical issues that he had at Cincinnati where he doesn't create the opposites between the upper and lower half like we talk about turn your front shoulder still not great at that but it's better right hit a very long like elongated motion it was kind of like a windmill in college it's still too long for a really awesome NFL quarterback but it's it's better it is there's no doubt about that like he definitely tightened it up and has an ability to get the ball out of his hands quicker uh, on a consistent level, not even comparable to college. And then the other thing, too, is, you know, throwing the ball with more authority, right? That's the other thing I see that I like in the improvement. Now, none of that is consistently good yet, though. That's where I'm – That's why, and that's why he's 40, okay? If you go back and watch the four games he played last year, he was managed like a rookie. It was it was run and run and run and bootleg and run and let's throw a screen pass and let's run another bootleg and let's throw another screen and let's run eight plays in a row. So, you know, he was – that's why I'm – you know, again, for him to be here in this class, again, he's a rookie in my yeah. eyes to a, to a big degree. It's going to be the same thing this year, you would have to imagine, with the running game. He might look better than this ranking right here. Uh, definitely. Uh, th- and then that's where, yeah, he's a guy that could get me in trouble here because they could be the t- they could they-, they could be good enough, and like they were even in some of the games he played at the end of the year, where they can literally run the ball eight plays in a row and be like, well, no, we're good enough to just we're running it here, and you can't stop us. So, and then oh whoa, there goes Kyle Pitts wide open of a play action pass, and we go, oh Desmond Ritter's awesome, he's one and zero, and he was nine for ten for hundred and ninety yards and a touchdown, right? Uh, so, but. You know, here here's my big thing is the arm speed did pick up. I did see more pop on the football. But, yes, totally being managed. I expect to be totally managed here. And I still have questions about his ability to consistently make high-level throws, right, especially game-changing throws, 
and then being just consistent with maybe not even I want to say the high level throws, but just the the medium level ones, being consistent with them. Because that's another thing. When you go back and I watch last year, I go, oh, here's a completion, but I go, well, damn, you know, this guy's open. And he has to reach way behind him. Or he has to slow down. Or he has to go to the ground and do all of that. Right. So you know, there's some things there that need to be refined in his game, and they obviously think he can do it. Yeah, started four games right. for him last year. At the end of the year, they yep. went two and two in those games. Uh, going to have a pretty good running game, you would think, with as Definitely. much as they've invested in the offensive Definitely. line and right. Bijan Robinson exactly and what they did right. last year with yes. Algier. Um, there there the were some rumors maybe that they would be in the market for a lot of quarterback movement. Maybe Lamar Jackson, a trade. Yeah. Maybe make I don't think anybody there. bought the that they were really going to go all in on Desmond Ritter early on in the offseason. So this is what Arthur Smith said uh, about a month ago. Uh, he was on, I believe this is on the, the Rich Eisen show. He goes, uh, Desmond Ritter, about Desmond Ritter. He won a lot of games in college, helped Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, really changed the whole culture yeah. of that program. Right. And I certainly think that experience, you start with that many games, coming in helps. We certainly saw that early on as we threw everything we could at him, and he was impressive, and we felt that he was ready to take over at that time of the season, and I thought he did a real nice job, cool, collected, under pressure. So I guess they saw enough in that four games to feel like, all right, we got a run game. He can move this offense. He can be more than serviceable, and he can be a great leader for yeah. us. And See, so they were comfortable. That, that's what he is. You know, that's what I tried to kind of say. Those are the positives about him. Definitely. I could see that at Cincinnati. I've already heard that and some of those type of comments from yeah. people in the NFL that you I trust. You interviewed him at the combine. Right, and it jumped out to me there. I think that was one of the first things I said when I got back. Desmond Ritter has the culture part, yeah. lead your locker room guy down. Right? Two years in a row now. You talked to Desmond Ritter, liked him, ranked him five. You talked to Will Anderson next year, <laughs> yeah. you liked him, ranked him five. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're so, right. Uh, don't be nice the agents. To, don't yeah. let Chris Sims interview your player. <laughs> yeah, don't okay. be nice to him at least, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. Something like that. But, you know, yeah, I think they see all of those type of things. And I think Atlanta is one of these teams, Ahmed, that we've been talking about. You know, that we bring up every now and then. I, they're not, I don't think they're going to go all in on the QB thing. I think they're starting to look at it and go, wait, let's go a different route here. Let's build a great team and just have a guy that's, you know, a good leader and can get it done. And, yeah, he might not be Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, but there's only a few of them anyways. So let's ever, you know, I, I think there's a few teams that are, like, coming to a little mm-hmm. bit of, like, I'm not sure we can always chase this bright, shiny object. We've got to start to build the team that are, way. Are you hinting at an Eagles blueprint, perhaps? Well, Am I y- sensing y- that a little bit? Well, I think between that and the, what, the 49ers with Brock Purdy. That's true. And I think teams are starting to think about that a little bit. Instead of going, wait, are we really, like, in reality going to find one of those special, special guys? Right? We know there's very limited few. You know, it's limited. So they're going to go with a guy that they're, they believe in the human. And they see enough talent to go, we think we can do this around it, right? I think in Arthur Smith's perfect world, he's just hoping, hey, hopefully this guy can be a, a Ryan Tannehill. Because I bet you in Arthur Smith's world, he goes, you can win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill, right? And I think that's where he's looking at. So we just got to see now, you know, again, even to what some of the stuff we, I wanted to hit on just more physically, right? He's got to improve in the pocket a little bit, and that does have to do with the quick release a little bit and just finding the right spots. He can be quick to run. And, you know, um, I'll say another reason I use that for he's not as good a he's, – he's a good runner. It's not a great runner. You know, I know he had some big, long runs at college, but I, I think people expect him to be 
some special runner in the NFL just because he ran a pretty good 40 time. He's a long stride. He's a build-up speed type of guy. Uh, either way, they got their guy, and he fits within the mantra of their football team. Under the radar, tough, likes football, going to do the right thing, going to listen to the coaching, and believe in the game plan overall. And I think that's what they want a quarterback, and that's why Desmond Ritter's their guy. I would love to see this work in Atlanta. I would love to I see hear you. a run first team that's able doesn't throw the ball all that much and is able to win that yeah, way. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I mean, you know, I, I think, again, Arthur Smith, where he came from in Tennessee, he's going, wait, you know, we, 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 we were, you know, in the play in the AFC Championship game, playing yeah. that way, running the ball, defense, run the ball, play action pass, run the ball, bootleg, run the ball, and he believes of that. So I don't think he's going to change from that, and they're going to give Desmond Ritter his fair shot here. So Desmond Ritter is alone at number forty in your ranking. He is not alone in his tier, no, because this tier with two people, yeah, is the show me more sophomore tier. So at thirty nine, you have. The show-me-more sophomore is Sam Howell here at number 39 from the Washington Commanders, right? Very close. And, again, like Desmond Ritter, it's, it's yeah, what are they? Ritter, I have a little more information as far as, yes, there were some more reps and games that he got to play, certainly. All right, Sam Howell. One he, game for he him, He got the right? one game. 11 of 19. Exactly right, right. Touchdown, interception. Yeah, played the Cowboys in a game where, you know, the Cowboys could have maybe, if things fell the right way, could have improved their playoff standings. But ultimately, they knew they weren't, you know, nothing was going to happen. It was kind of a meaningless game for, for the Dallas Cowboys when it was all said and done. Um, but, like, a very encouraging beginning. Yeah, it was a win. It was a win. He did well. He made plays. You know, he moved well in the pocket. You know, there's things about his play and quarterbacking and physical ability that I just think are better than Desmond Ritter's, right? That's why I got him up there. You know, like what I talked about with Desmond Ritter, being a little bit better in the pocket and feel that way. Sam Howell's a natural at that stuff. You know, even like didn't play the whole year. You go back and watch that game. He slides the right way. He finds a little, oh, wait, if I move here, I can get this ball out and make the throw. He's got an aggressive, he's aggressive decision maker, right? I think he's a better thrower than Desmond Ritter. That's, a, that's really the main reason I got him uh, a, a spot above. I think, one, he's got a little bit better feel overall as a total quarterback, just playing within the pocket. And then I think he is a, uh, a little more versatile, consistent of a thrower. Sam Howell, there are some mechanical things that I wish he was better at too, right? But he still can be in an awkward position and just get the ball, get it completed, get it done. You know, he, he's, he's got a little more pop in his arm than maybe I gave it credit for coming out in college. Um, and, you know, he's a underrated athlete. He really is. We kind of talked about him as like being a bigger version of a Baker Mayfield, right, when he came yeah. out and all that. And, you know, he, he showed that a little bit, yeah, in the preseason and, and in that last uh, game against the Dallas Cowboys. He moves well, sneaky well, where you go, okay, yeah, he's not as fast as Sam Howell, I mean, as Desmond Ritter, but I want to say his elusiveness and his ability to run, it might be more dangerous than Desmond Ritter when all said and done. I think there's a lot of encouraging things with both of these guys that we're talking about here. I'm a little more encouraged with Sam Howell, I think, and just the way his skill set fits into the NFL. And I think that's the reason I got him 39, you know, over Desmond Ritter. He reminds me so much of Baker Mayfield. Right. And I don't know if that's just, you know, because no, it's, it's, of there's the way a lot. he looks. Yeah. And his face. Yeah. His, his body type. Baker Mayfield. His body type is that way. Him. Yeah, yeah. A little bit the way he plays. Yes, it is. Now, his throwing is not like that. Yeah. He has a little bit of a wind-up motion as well and never really gets his shoulder to the target. 
But the ball comes out of his hand clean, and he controls it pretty damn well for the most part. He throws well with the, the pocket collapsing. He's pretty fearless with people around him and going to hit him. He's a tough SOB that way. You know, so that, that's where I'm intrigued with Sam Howell and what he can do there. You know, Sam Howell could be one of those guys that was, yeah, third rounder, and all of a sudden we're sitting here three, four years ago where you go, whoa, this guy's one of the, you know, he's a damn good quarterback in the NFL. You know, and, and I think between his movement, his aggressive nature, right, uh, even though the motion when he's in the pocket trying to make a down-the-field throw is a little long, if he's got to throw a screen or a quick throw, he can get it out of his hand pretty quick that way, you know. Um, and with this offense, Biennemi there, right, I'm excited for that too. Those receivers that we've talked about, them going down the field, you know, he, he's a good deep ball thrower. That's one thing he did at North Carolina a ton. And that's where I'm excited for his potential in that department. Yeah, he's got Deami Brown exactly in Washington. And so I think much like Desmond Ritter might look better than the 40th ranking because he has a run-first yeah, offense that right. makes it a little bit easier on him, some right. play-action stuff. I think Sam Howell could do that too because of the weapons that he has. Yeah. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. Then you got Deami Brown yeah. backing him up. He got no, some weapons in Washington. Definitely. Definitely some weapons. We know they, they started to run the ball. They improved their offensive line in the offseason. Yep. So there, there's a lot to like as far as that is concerned right now. Like things that I see that I uh, just like from the preseason and the regular season that I go, ooh, this is where I wish he could improve a little bit or whatever because of that motion. And he stays so wide open and just throws like this, right? He does. He still like – if he has people in his face or you go into preseason with people around him and he's just got to stand on his back foot and maybe flick a throw, he's not as good at stuff like that because he doesn't know how to incorporate his upper body all the way. So it's just his arm acting as a, an independent contractor, as I like to say, from yeah. time to time. And that's something I'd like to see him fix. But either way, he's a pretty natural at the position. You know, he's, he's got some s- s- thickness and some stoutness to his body. Uh, that makes you think he can hang in there and take the physical right. pounding. And he's just got a good feel for the game overall that I really like in Sam Howell. So you've mentioned a few things that they can do to improve. Yeah. And you'll mention that, I'm sure, as we go on in this list. Yeah. And so D Magic 7 has a question for you. Right. I'm like, how does that actually happen in the NFL? Can yeah. you briefly tell us how a quarterback can improve on the major quarterback attributes that you like? So sure. obviously it's going to be different depending on what you're trying to improve. Right. But what, what is that process like for a pro quarterback? Because sometimes I think about... You know, once you get to the pros, you're supposed to execute. I don't yeah. know how much learning you can do and, you know, tweaking of this and that. You just, it seems to be a lot of quarterbacks fall into the, the habits that they had through college because that's what's got them to this point. There, there, there is a lot of that. You know, I think, it's how, I think it's easier to change now more than ever because some of these guys have coaches and quarterback coaches in high school and college and they're able to adapt and people are staying on them more in, in the off season on a daily basis to kind of fine tune these things. Right. Yeah. So I think there is a, a, uh, you know, uh, more of a, an avenue to get better maybe than the old days. All right. But like the biggest thing, and again, you know, it's repetition. It's working. It's what are you trying to get better at, right? Like, hey, we see well, – why is it that we see college players coming every year? Well, well, oh, they can't really improve as a three-point shooter. Well, this is what they were in college. They can't improve. Of course they can. They're going to get in the gym, and they're going to have a fucking coach there that's going to be like, get your fucking elbow in. Get your elbow in. You know, don't let your wrist flop so much. Whatever. Use your legs more, right? Yeah. So that's what you get in the NFL. Now, the one thing that we get is the Sims family because we have some pros that throw with us. What, almost every one is it's the same thing. 
I've had some legends of the sport work with my dad and my brother and these kind of guys. You know what every one of them wants every time they come? Mm. I want to be able to throw the ball harder. I want to be able to throw the ball harder. I want to be able to throw more, more power throws. And, of course, not lose control while doing it, right? And then that's where the mechanics come in. So to, the, to our at D Magic 7 there, right, it's a good question. But, yeah, those are, this is where how do you get better? It starts the season's over two or three weeks later. you got to start throwing footballs. you got to get in like 1,500, 2,000 throws before OTAs start and become a machine in a new way. And, you know, that's, again, the things we talk about. You know, keeping your front shoulder in, keeping your arm angle the right way. You know, if you want to throw the ball harder and be more consistent with it, you know what you have to do? You got to throw the ball hard. You got to practice throwing it hard all the time. Like I saw with Desmond Ritter, and I talked about that, he improved his arm speed. You know, again, because in college, and we talk, I, I had this thing with Deshaun Watson when he came in at Clemson. People are open, so I, oh, I can just smoothly throw it in there. He's open. We're Cincinnati. We're better than everybody. Oh, he's open, right? And then you get to the NFL, and the first few practices, coach is like, why didn't you throw to him? You go, well, he's covered. And the coach goes, that's open in the NFL, buddy. That's, he's, actually, that's wide open. Mm. So you got to adjust your thought. And then players start to go, oh, okay, whoa. All right, so i gotta, I got to throw that in there. Like i got to th- start letting it rip and having the confidence that I'm going to control it. And that's where, you know, you having the right people around you to work on those things, you, you can get yeah. better. Off the top of your head, who's a quarterback who you think improved the most throwing the football? Oh. That um, you've seen in your – not, not oh, now, not no, playing yeah, yeah. now, but just like – Throughout. Oh, through through yeah. overall, like you like you saw him at one point, and then maybe a couple few years later, you're like, man, that guy can really heave it now. He's changed a lot, and he's a lot better. I remember thrower. one of the uh, one of the first ones I'll throw to you, who was always a gifted arm, became a passer. Randall Cunningham, all right. I mean, Randall Cunningham was like, whoa, laser, whoa, he's fast. Oh my gosh, he threw that ball eighty yards. It's amazing, right? Yeah. But then he got to the Minnesota Vikings, and you were like, whoa, precision, accuracy. Oh, whoa, he threw a laser here. Oh, man, he threw it off his back, right? So that, Steve Young was somebody like that. I mean, Steve Young, like, they had to, like, start at square one if you really read the history of Steve Young at San Francisco. His motion and the ball was so wobbly and everything was everywhere Mm. that they basically had to reprogram him that way. So those would be two just right off the bat from old school quarterbacking that I think of. Think about Brady. Brady's, he's messed with his mechanics, if I showed clips of Brady in 2004 and then showed you a clip in 2012, you'd go, whoa, he has a different motion. And then if I showed you 2012 and we went to 2017, I'd go, look, he tweaked it again, mm-hmm. right? So he, he, you're, you're, the great ones are always Mahomes two years ago. We talked about mechanics being bad and all over the place. He knew that. He knew he didn't throw the ball as well as he could two years ago. What did he do last year? He obviously got – working and he fuck he didn't throw anything but spirals and missiles all over the field last year right because everything was the right way so you know these are things that can work uh, work on and of course the more natural and better at you yeah the quicker you can make adjustments yeah. and 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 improve yeah. in those areas we saw it with joe burrow too threw the ball a whole lot harder coming back from his knee injury right i talked about it last year when i visited him right and he he said i made it i afc north the weather conditions what I knew I was expected now to have to th- make throws in the NFL. So he tweaked with mechanics so I can push the ball and throw more lasers to Jamar Chase for big plays in the game. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, 
The threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. So we'll see if the show me more sophomores, the show me can more show sophomores us more in twenty twenty. That was a nice, good. That was a good tier uh, name. Name, right? By yeah, you. Pete, that was very Pete, well yeah, done. Pete and you I and Pete. put our heads together. Right. We got that one. Right. So our our next one was all you, and we'll get to that in a little bit after we reveal all the quarterbacks in this next tier. But we got three quarterbacks in this tier. I think most people are going to be familiar with, uh, yeah. with these names. Yeah. Well, you should be with all the names. Right. right? These are the quarterbacks, the stars of the NFL. Uh, so let's just jump right into thirty eight. Who yeah. is your number thirty eight quarterback? right now Bryce Young Carolina Panthers that's right number one pick of the draft all right yeah I I mean again Bryce Young uh like we talked about natural at the game you know that now I know people are gonna go well wait he hasn't played in the NFL so how can he be better than Sam Howell or or Desmond Ritter and I want to go, well, listen, there's a reason the guy's the number one pick. So let me give credit here to Corey okay, Joskowitz because cool. cool. he knew that that's what's going on in your head. And right. he knew that's what people are going to be thinking. And you can read the homies' minds Cor- as well. Oh, and Corey's a homie. He's Corey, always listening. Corey is uh, back on Twitter, too. I think he uh, shouted out to us. So hello, Corey. What up, He Corey? goes, if you were trying to do less projecting, how does that change the calculation for including rookies? Can you confidently say that Bryce or CJ or Richardson are better than the 40 quarterbacks who have only been oh, already been yeah. in the league? No, I well, there's only a few that I can really say and feel good about that and as you can see there was only two guys that I was willing to put them ahead of at this point but I didn't think the gap was that long there again what I just said about Desmond and Howard they're basically rookies still yes Howell played one game right he didn't get much I mean his 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 scout team reps that he didn't get very much of anyways didn't make him that much of a better player net last year he's still in square one with the rookies and after, like, they just learn how to get out of the huddle and do it, like, they're going to be right there with those guys, right? Let alone they have better physical ability, in my opinion. So that, that's where I go, once we just get through, hey, they learn the base, basics of the playbook, they're going to be right on level with those guys because those guys are still going to be doing a lot of the basics of the playbooks, even right now in OTAs, even though it's year two for them. Yep. So that's where I get it. And then even the, like, you know, like I was explaining with that, like there's more talent than some of these guys are going to be bringing up to where, okay, 
Yeah, I know Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell might have know a few more tricks of the trade or something just from that one year. They might know of an inkling more. But does that make up for what the team can do with these other three guys' talent and some of the things they can manage within the game too? And these other guys are going to have to be managed as well anyways. They're going to be managed, you know, these these five guys we're talking about today are all going to have to be managed to a degree. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I can, you know, confidently say that. So I think this is another point where we can reiterate the fact that this is for one year only. And I think if people were taking this as like you get this quarterback and now he's your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years, it's a different ranking for Bryce Young. But this is you only have him for this year and this year only. This and then when next year right, rolls around, we're talking about you're right picking now, a new quarterback. This era, right now, this general time frame right now. Yeah. Yes. One year. Are you going to have Bryce Young be your starter? Are you going to have someone who's right. done it before? And there's a little projection here involved. I understand that. I'm trying to stay away from that like I told you here. But it's, it's this minimal projection. This is not me like going like, well, I think this guy's going to be the, you know, no, Sam Howell's the 18th best quarterback in football, right? That, that would be a projection. That would be like insane to just throw that out there. I'm going off of... We're going off of what it is right now, you know, right here in this era, early training camp, late OTAs, and I'm basing it all of what I've seen from last year and that play there. Yes. And I know these three or these rookies and and Bryce Young haven't played in the NFL yet, but it's not going to take long for them to catch up to speed here. And I don't think we have to get into too deep on the the things they do well and don't do well because we just talked all draft season about all those things with these rookie quarterbacks. But, you know, you are a little bit wrong because we do have some evidence of what he will look like with the Carolina Panthers. King 36 says... We have evidence of all of them now. Did you see the video the Panthers posted on Bryce Young's first snap in practice? He looked like a high schooler. He says, ooh, can he really be elite being that small? So we're showing now if you're watching on peacock or youtube he does look tiny now forced perspective he is farther away from the camera than his offensive lineman so that doesn't help if he had rolled to the other side it would look better uh, but he does look small well, well yeah and he's gonna look even smaller when it's actually the starting offensive lineman in there and it's not a bunch of just rookie patroop guys there too as yeah. well so listen I'm, I'm not gonna lie it's the first thing that i thought of when i saw him and when i saw this clip i just went damn whew, he's small I mean, yes. Now, you know, like we talked about, he's used to be in that size. He knows how to play, right? But, like, you're, you're, you guys, like, there's no doubt that every coach on that team took the field this weekend and went, the thought went through their head. Whoa, man, he's small. Whoa, we took him with the number one pick. All right, Bryce, let's go. Let's have a good day here, baby. I mean, there's no way that didn't go through their head. There's no way. There's no way they didn't look at that and go, whoo, that's our number one pick. Okay, we got, all right, we got to believe in what we believe in here and, and go, right? I mean, that, that's, that's, it's scary. Now, it's uncharted waters as far as that's, that's determined. I'm excited, like you said, we're not going to break their skill set and all that because anybody that's been listening to us, we've, we've broken this guy down a ton through the last you know seven weeks. But I'm excited to see their their offense and what it looks like yeah. with Bryce Young. And I would think it's going to be more shotgun, Alabama, spread the field, take advantage of his abilities to RPOs and screens and getting the ball out of his hands quickly and make the game more of a space game. That's what I would expect. But maybe they have a different vision there in Carolina. 
It would have been nice to see what he would do with DJ Moore, but yeah. he was part of the trade to get Bryce Young. Um, so I, I don't know. Has there been any chatter out there? It's like you got Bryce Young. They do have Andy Dalton. Yes, there too. Right. I mean, do we know? We, we don't know week one yet. Or they've what the been plan saying is. Andy Dalton. They've been saying Andy Dalton. Frank Reich this weekend though did say that Bryce Young was gonna when when they were all there. He's gonna get a lot of this, the work. He's gonna get more reps than Andy Dalton. So he's gonna be with the twos, right? He will get all the twos. He will eventually start to creep in to get ones, right? Like if Andy Dalton, let's just say he has, say it's a 20-play period, and usually let's say the first quarterback gets 10 reps, and then the second quarterback gets six reps, and then the third one gets the last four. After the first day, I bet you they cut down Andy Dalton and go, hey, you, you're, you don't need those last three. He'll take seven. Mm-hmm. And then Bryce will get the next ten where he'll get like one or two with the first team, all his with the second team, and then he might even get a rep or two of Matt Corral's third-team guys because they're going to get him up to speed. And they want him to start week one. They can say all they want, and they'll say all they want right now. But they didn't take him number one to sit on the bench, and, and I think he'll get every opportunity to be yeah, the starting in a, quarterback. They're in a weird spot, too, yeah. because usually a team that picks first is in a rebuilding phase, but they traded up yeah. to get that pick, and I think they felt like they have they the feel talent like they have a on lot of defense, pieces, right. and yeah. they just got to take a step forward on offense, which I think is the main reason why Frank Reich is there right now. So they might, it might that may be a good team to look at their schedule early on here, because if Andy Dalton does play, uh, in the first week or the second week, you know what? Or if it's Bryce Young, like who's who are their opponents? So I think yeah, we have. The I got it right here too. Panthers schedule. We got Falcons a, to start. Race. Saints, Falcons, and then Saints Monday night. Right, and then at Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, again, Falcons are one of those teams where most people are going to look at it and go, "Oh, they should win that game." And I'm going to go, "No, no, no." Atlanta is one of those teams that might have won the off season between the draft and free agency. They had a great. They're going to be. They're going to be ready to go. Yeah, I know, I know I'm not sitting here trying to say they're a Super Bowl team, but you know, in the Saints, we know that's a good defense. You know, they're they're good. So he's got some challenges early on. We'll see where it goes. You know, and then that's where if he doesn't get up to speed or they don't feel comfortable with it totally, that's why they got Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton played really good football last year, uh, and he will be on this list. I'm not gonna. I'll I'll throw that out there. It's he's on this list. He ain't there today. But, you know, he's on here. He's been on there in the past. Yeah, of course he has. Yeah. I wonder where he was last year. Pete, where was Andy Dalton on the list? I was just missed last oh, year. Oh, he just missed last year. He was like a 41 year. or 42 okay. last Got year. Okay. He was, yeah. So, yeah. All right. All he right. made a little rise this year. And he didn't play all that terrible No, last he did year. a he lot did. of good things. He did. So he's in that big group of He's in that group of, like, others, that lower middle class, lower class, right, where you go, hey, there's good here. But, yeah, it's it's tough differentiating some of those guys there. Uh, I'm excited to see Bryce Young. Hey, he's slick. He's a natural at the position. He's got a lot of different releases. He's extremely smart, you know, pre-snap or post-snap, whatever you want there. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's a matter of time. Listen, I, I really think he he's going to have to fail to a pretty big way for him not to be the starter in the preseason. You know, what they got to start doing now is, you know, they did all the interviews with Bryce Young yeah. at the Combine, watched right. him work out. You got to bring him to your camp. Invite all your offensive linemen, have them stand next to each other, just so you're not shocked the first time that he takes a snap. Just be like, <laughs> let's just get this. Let this sink in. Okay, he is, he is small. He's still doing this. Uh, they are. They're still doing it. We'll try to win with, with Bryce Young at Carolina. So you only had one quarterback ahead of Bryce Young in your college rankings this year, your draft rankings, uh, and so he still remains ahead of Bryce Young. 37 for you in the 
Chris Sims' top 40 quarterback countdown. C.J. Stroud, Houston Texans, the number two pick in the draft, right? You know, again, uh, I love C.J. Stroud. Yeah, he was my number one quarterback uh, coming out. C.J. Stroud, to me, I mean, he's in a spot here where it's it's a great offense for him. The Shanahan play action, you know, be aggressive, throw the ball that way. That's perfect for C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, you know, is awesome in the pocket. He is just a pure bullseye thrower of the football. And that's where I'm excited for him. Not only, you know, again, I know there's a lot of talk about his S2 and all that, but, man, it, it's hard to think that the S2 was real when you watch him on film. It's very few bad decisions ever. It's very few like, whoa, he didn't see the field or the coverage the right way. I mean, it's really impressive what he does in that department. Right, so I'm excited for C.J. Stroud in the long term for sure. You know, I think he could be a star, definitely. But you know, hey, it's a learning curve here, and he's you know like a like a Bryce Young, going to have a lot thrown on his plate, and he's not going to have the advantage of uh, being on Ohio State's football team and all of that. And he's got some learning to do here. But uh, I think he'll clearly be the starter from day one. He's just a better version of Davis Mills, and again. You know, I think what he did in college, it wasn't maybe as advanced as Bryce Young, but still pretty good. He's got a pretty good base of uh, NFL football playbook in his brain. So much like Bryce Young, we can scout some tape on C.J. Stroud. We scouted the quarter speed bootleg rollout for Bryce Young. Bryce looked like a player in what I saw. I mean, it just, like, again. C.J., you mean? uh, I mean, C.J., excuse me. C.J. would have made me feel a lot better about how he looked on the field compared to Bryce, right? I mean, look at this giant of a man. Well, there's no one around him, though. They they were smart. They didn't put any (laughs) offensive line in there. Right. Uh, He got the spat job going there, right? He's got, he's just, he's so mechanically smooth and perfect. You see how, like, effortless and flawless his motion is. That's he what looks I'm, good in that helmet, too. Right? right? He looks good altogether. He does. He looks like a pro already. I like that number, right? too. So that's why, like I said, I, I would have felt a lot better if I was the GM of the Texans when he rocked on the field than maybe the Carolina one where I'd have been like, oh, my gosh. Um, that was there, there were some concerns with him under pressure, yeah. right, in college, and I think we have a graphic. Um, Which I, I don't really that get. In the past. I don't really get it. I mean, I don't, like. This is where I challenge some of the grading companies that are out there. I just okay. I want to go with some I, of them. Well, you, want, you don't want to name names. Well, they're, they're all of them. I mean, yeah. you know, all of them. Uh, it, it's where I, I just the, the classified pressure and all of that. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's such a broad subject. There's so much context to it. So just randomly, I'm just going to say that we yeah. just have the stat from Pro Football <laughs> Focus related to nothing that you were just talking about. Um, and they have uh, 75% of the time about he was – in a clean pocket, but 25% of the time he was in a pressure situation. And in those times, he was only 41% completion percentage. His yards per attempt were half of what they were in a clean pocket and just six touchdowns to two interceptions. But you take that with a grain of salt because you've always said to me, and I've, I've learned this from you, yeah. you know, how are you classifying pressures and, and all that? And then what is he being taught against those pressures? Yes. Right? That's the other thing, too. Like, you know, Bryce Young – I, you know, I, I can look at it, some of the plays and go, oh, yeah, they got a pressure. But look, his old line and everybody, they got everything fixed up and they blocked it. Ohio State, they might have had the same blitz, right, the week before in a game. And they just go, oh, we don't really think they're going to blitz that a lot. Or if they do, just just throw, throw, it, throw it hot to Marvin Harrison Jr. And it's like, oh, the other team didn't know that they might throw it to Marvin Harrison when we blitz, right? So they got two guys or whatever. So the answers could be different, how the team's coached to handle those pressures. Some teams just go, 
hey, if they blitz, screw it. You know they, you're, you know, you got to get the ball to your hand, and we'll live to play another day. Other teams go, hey, if they blitz, don't we? We want to, we want to take advantage of this, and we're going to stop this blitz and teach them not to blitz anymore and gash them one time. There's just so many different things that go into that pressure. Let alone like you're talking about the pressure. I, I don't know. I mean. I, I, you know, there's plays where I want to go back into the Michigan game and the Georgia game and other games where I'm going to go, is this not pressure with the people collapsing around him and him throwing a 40 yard laser down the middle? I don't, I don't get it. What is, when is it pressure? So uh, I did not have any problem with that at all when it came to CJ Stroud. I thought it was one of the things that he was actually the best at when people were around him and he was under pressure in the pocket. He was unfazed, and he still threw strikes all over the football field. So uh, I think he's made for the NFL in that capacity. He's a high-level thrower of the football, and uh, I'm excited for what he can do in Houston. I'm perusing the Internet for recent news on all of them, and the thing that pops up for C.J. Stroud is that he's not speaking at the rookie minicamp. D'Amico Ryan's telling everyone, hold your horses, brother. Uh, When they asked why C.J. Stroud is not going to talk at minicamp, he says he's not the only player that we drafted. Uh, we've got multiple guys we drafted. We want to let you guys talk to all these guys. And CJ will be able uh, throughout the spring, later in the spring, also in training camp. So he will be available. Hold your horses, brother. Okay. So they're not letting. They're protecting him in Houston right now. Yeah. Well, maybe they just feel like there's been enough on him. He's everybody's been talking about him here. They just want him to get playing football here. Worry about that. And. Uh, he'll have plenty of time in in front of the media, and they'll yeah. be able to pepper him with as many questions as they want. Pete has given him a red flag. It's a bust now. Bust it's a, potential. He's a bust. Yeah, the fact that he's not talking at rookie minicamp, it's it's time to trade. Sell high. Uh, so you got C.J. Stroud at 37. You got Bryce Young at 38. And we can now say what this tier is. Let's say it. Well, you say it because you came up with oh, it. Oh, you're scared? Yeah, he's scared to say I'm not scared, this. but it's your deal. It's your show, and you came up with a tier. Uh, well, it just happened randomly, but this this is the uh, we will be finishing up the NFL virgin tier here, yeah, right here. Exactly. These guys are virgins. Very descriptive. Well, they just it's first time. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. All right, so they're learning. <laughs> yeah, they're not even talking about it yet. You they know, it's too embarrassing. Know. That's yeah. right, right. They haven't had the talk yet. <laughs> <laughs> so thirty six in your NFL virgins tier, the final player in this is. I know this is going to surprise people. Surprised me. I know it did. Anthony Richardson. Okay. Indianapolis Colts. So this makes no sense to me. I know. So he was not your number one quarterback in college. In uh-huh. fact, he was not two or three. Yeah. He was four behind Hendon Hooker. Yeah. What have you, Hendon Hooker in the NFL Virgins tier? <laughs> See, Virgins. <laughs> Hooker's uh-huh. not here. All right. So explain yourself, Chris Sims. <laughs> okay. See, this is, hey, this is, uh, you know, this is why context does matter. And again, this these rankings don't, doesn't mean what I think these guys are going to be two, three years from now, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, with the way I ranked him, I think C.J. Stroud's going to be the man in two years, three mm-hmm. years, right? But where I just go right now, and we're doing, you know, again, it's about now and this moment and, you know, this general area of, of life we're in, Anthony Richardson's adjustment to the NFL is going to be easier than the other two because of his ability to run. It is. He's going to have – they're going to have something to rely on that's real positive and going to simplify the game for him that way. So because of that, I think there's going to be, you know, an easier developmental process, an easier ability to maybe have success and, you know, have a real effect on the football team right away, right? Yeah, his game is not going to be as much about I have to read the pocket, be in the pocket perfectly and read the coverage the exact right way, right? Because he's going to have the advantage of, whoa, here, 
here comes Anthony Richardson behind Quentin Nelson. Oh, and Jonathan Taylor's leading up through the hole. Uh-oh, uh-oh, oh, whoa, six yards. Oh, they did it again for eight yards. Oh, they handed it off to Jonathan Taylor. Oh, look now, there's a 10 guys at the line of scrimmage on the defense because they're so worried about the run. Oh, boom, he just throws a curl rat over here versus one-on-one coverage, right? So that's where I think that helps his transition early on. You know, again, if I was going to rank them basically just all on, you know, they all have to drop back and pass the ball 40 times a game. No, he wouldn't be there. But, you know, I think between that skill set, it does give him an advantage here. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what Nick Sirianni and that attack brings with with uh, Anthony Richardson. Of course, we yeah. know it's going to be Jalen Hurts, right? But what other wrinkles does he have? And that's where I give him the advantage there because of his ability to run, his size and all that. I think he can have more early success preseason, regular season, and they can slowly bring him along in those areas that we talk about he needs growth in. I think that's a that's a good distinction, and it makes a whole lot of sense. It does? Okay, I think good. A lot, a lot Thank of you. Times, I'm glad. Because well, I was worried. When I did it, I was like, man, people are all going to think this is weird, and that was my you know my thought you know, behind you it. You know what? It makes sense to me because we often do this with your top five quarterback list. We look after the rookie season and be like, all right, how would you re-rank these guys? Yeah. But maybe it's just a matter of – some of these guys are well set up to excel right away and are going to look like the best quarterback, but C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, you know, you're two and three. You still think long-term you would take C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, definitely. over Anthony Richardson. I, I, I would, yes, yeah. I definitely. I mean, I love C.J. Stroud as a player. I mean, I absolutely love him, yes. But, no, you know, they're not going to have the advantage of – He's going he's gonna to have defenses that are going to be like, oh, no, they, they're going to throw it here. We're going to fuck with them. We're going to do this coverage and drop this guy or disguise this and do all that. And Anthony Richardson on the same play, they're going to go, well, you can't do that. You've got to stay there because they might run the ball right here in the C-gap. We can't be disguising and dropping out. You know, We'll end up getting gashed for a 70-yard run. That's where the game will be different for him. And, yeah, that doesn't mean it necessarily translates throughout his career into year two or three or four. But off the bat here, I do think it makes it easier. Anthony Richardson cleaned up at an event too. Did you see that news? No. Like, yeah, I, it was um, it was a uh, it was an event that they were having. I don't know exactly where it was. Oh, NFL rookie orientation program. Oh, right. Okay. So you know, the, the room was kind of a mess when yeah. the rookies got done with it. Right. Um, Anthony Richardson said that we left the room in an unacceptable condition. It's not right of us to expect the staff to clean it all up. He stayed behind. He cleaned it up. Wow, that's very mature of him. Was that that was just for the Colts team, right? It wasn't like a whole NFL. They didn't have the NFL rookie symposium yet, right? I don't think they did. I don't know. I think maybe they so, did. Yeah, maybe they did. They've changed some of that around. So I mean, that's really if it was a whole NFL event, that is like going above and beyond. And I want to be like, you know, that check they're going to find you for next year. They could have had somebody clean the room for you, right? Okay. So right. Don't, don't worry about giving them too many apples on their desk. They don't yeah. really like you that much. All right. <laughs> all right. Green flag then for Anthony, Anthony Richardson. Um, okay. So uh, I, and I would love to look at the measurables again for Anthony Richardson, just because I think it's crazy. Oh, it's and I, and it's like, if we're going to talk about Anthony Richardson, we have to look at the, uh, the octagon for him because it's basically all filled up with gray here. We should give it a different color here because I think it would be even more impressive then, but um, make it pop his the, the the fact that he's in the 99th percentile for quarterbacks for vertical jump broad jump 98th for 40 yard dash 96 for 10 yard split and and he's a big dude too like not height wise necessarily but weight wise 244 that's in the 96th percentile I mean we have never seen a quarterback like this never, before never and 244 and like like if he really wanted to lift weights and like yeah. go like let me 
let me like put on a little mass. I mean, he's the kind of guy that could be 260 probably in no time. Like does a few weeks of squats and power cleans and some heavy bench press. And all of a sudden you're like, damn, is he our D end or our quarterback? Uh, we've never seen anything like this. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. And I think it's, you know, what you just talked about with him and cleaning up the facility or whatever else. I think that's why everybody was um, pleasantly surprised by Anthony Richardson, his maturity, his love for the game, his knowledge, all of that, I think really popped to people. Uh, so now that we've done these three rookie quarterbacks, um, what uh, each of them, what are you looking for for each of them? With Bryce Young, with Stroud, with Richardson, and who knows if he starts right away. Gardner yeah. Minshew is is there with the Colts too. Yeah. But but like, what are you looking for first thing when you see him play? Like, what are you looking that they can I, handle? I, Young is all about the the size stuff, right? Okay. And 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 what you know, like Alabama, you could play a game there and drop back fifty times a game and really end up only being in the, like, oh, he was in the pocket under pressure with people collapsing around him two or three times the whole game. There's going to be more of that in the NFL. There's no way to avoid it. So that's the first thing. It's just when the pocket collapses, can he still find people to throw the ball? Can he still push the ball down the field that way, right? Those are the things that were underwhelming. Like pocket collapsed, it was almost let me just look for the dink the dink throw, the dink and dunk throw, right? You know, where pocket collapse C.J. Stroud, he was like, no, no, I still have another. I can pat the ball one more time. This 20-yard in cup's about to come open. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get hit, but so what? That, to me, was a big difference. So that, that, that area, and then the power throws that I talked about with Bryce right. Young, you right. know, just some of that. There's just not a lot of that on film. Okay. I'm not talking about a wide-open 40-yard crosser. That's not a, I don't mean that as a power throw. Okay. I'm talking about you know, what I talked about at the time. Yeah, the, the crosser into a tight window and the pockets collapsing. Can you uh, get it in there, right? Oh, wait, you know, I got somebody in my face. I got a guy running the go route up the right sideline. I need to throw a laser at his back of his head and a back shoulder, right, off my back leg. It's few and far between. Can you show them. it off in the NFL? Can I want to see that? that? Exactly. What right. about CJ? Exactly. CJ, I think, is Just more number the, one thing. Yeah. I think it's probably the, the backyard stuff. To me, when when you said it to me, I just went. CJ's almost the exact opposite. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's kind of collapsing. Get out! You're fast. You throw the ball on the run well. Like, you saw it for one game against exactly, Georgia in the right, semifinal, right? And, you, and really, and then we talked about it at the time too. He even did it in the Michigan game a little bit. They yeah. lost, so people didn't make as much of it. But he got out of the pocket a few times in that game and made some very good throws, right? But yes, that's what it is with him. And you know, t- the tendency with a guy like that too many times is because. He is big and strong, and he knows he's such a great thrower. He doesn't ever want to give up on the throw, right? To where you have to go, no, 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 hey, no, just get out and find a check down here. Or, hey, get out, and then maybe you could set up and throw that way, right? Th- that'll probably be the biggest thing I watch for, for uh, CJ. And Anthony Richardson? Anthony, I think it's just more the processing of coverages and going the right place with the ball, can right? Can he pick apart a defense? Can he pick apart a How defense? How quick does that come exactly, along? Exactly, exactly right. Like, you're, you know, like, like we talked about with him, too. You saw some games and quarters where you went, ooh, this was flawless, and then I'd turn on another game or a quarter and go, ooh, he looked at the wrong side of the field four times in this drive, right? So those are the things that we've got to see him grow in. Uh, Den Bro Fan Florida. <laughs> Den Bro Fan Florida. <laughs> Says to you. 
Uh, besides in-season play, this is my favorite thing to watch, listen to of the year. How, how cool is that? That is very nice. Well, Denbro Fan Florida, we Thank appreciate you, you writing in. Thank you very much. Denbro Fan Florida. Is that like Denver and Florida? Denbro Fan Florida? It could be a combination of both of them, yeah. But uh, I appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. Um, and then he says, was there anything from Film Watch that surprised you for quarterbacks 40 through 36? So the rookies, you've watched a ton of their film in college. You did go back and look at, at Ritter and Howells. I go back and watch everybody. So I was going to maybe expand to. this one a little bit. Yeah. You go back, you look at film of yeah. all these quarters, just to see, maybe make sure they're making the right reads or their uh, balls feel. coming out. There's a few things that I'll go, oh, yeah, that's right, that bothered me when during the season. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, he's got to fix that mechanics. You know, there's just thoughts that come out. Yeah. So, yeah, I dance around a little on all of them and go back and watch. Were there things that surprised you when you went back and watched this year? You're like, wow, I didn't really realize that this happened. Or I that. didn't give Ritter the credit for his arm speed and letting the ball rip like I talked about. Like, yeah. I don't know if I appreciated that at the end of the year. It was Atlanta. It was like, oh, they're not in the playoffs. I don't know. If I, you know I was watching those games but not deep diving and like, let me really study Desmond Ritter, right? So there was definitely appreciation for me to go, oh, no, he's – he definitely fixed some mechanics, and he's definitely put an emphasis on I need more arm speed, and I can't just, like, throw this, you know, 70-mile-per-hour changeup all the time, right? Yep. So that that one was one that, that jumped for me uh, maybe more than any of the other ones. The other, the other guys was just let me go, you know, the college guys, was, let me just go back and refresh, and is there anything in my notes or anything that – you know, jumps out to me. Yeah, and we'll it, get more into the specifics with the other and guys. As we mentioned coming. before, it's like you may think, "Oh, Desmond Ritter, forty in a list of forty quarterbacks, what a bummer." But you said there's a lot of quarterbacks that didn't make your list that maybe have made it in years past, have the talent to make it. Definitely. Um, that and and you liked what you saw from Desmond Ritter and, more and than again, all those guys. I'm not going. I'm, I'm I'm not going off of what they potentially might be. You're ready? Yeah. That I'm done with that. I can't. I can't. I have no fucking. I'm not a fortune teller. I can't do it. I'm going about what I've seen, what I know, and that's that's it, right? I know I took some liberties with the young quarterbacks. I get that a little bit. But like I'm saying, in my experience of being around the NFL, um, it, it's a minute liberty that I, I've been around and experienced and seen everybody else where it, you know, they're not that farther along to, for me to think that just because they know, you know – a few more things in math class or whatever, yeah. these guys can get out here at recess and do some things that you can't do, right? And that's where I think there's a, there's a gap there that, that gets bridged. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
We'll get into the honorable mentions as we go. Yeah. Some of the, the names that won't be on the list will become apparent. Tom Brady. But there are 12 <laughs> quarterbacks who made the top 40 last year who will not appear this year. That's a big turnover. It is. We only had seven not make it from 2021 to 2022. There's some fringe guys, like I said, and just some guys where I was like, ah, okay. Like, I know what this guy is now. I, I, you know, I know his name, and everybody thinks he might be top 40, but – I, he's not, and this guy, these guys got more talent and some other things that are more positive about them. So, yeah, you, you'll see. There are there's some surprising names on the, you know, honorable mention list. All right, let's wrap this up with a few let's ask me anything cool. questions, and and one is on your top forty. Got a couple here from uh, homies that have uh, questions on their team or their favorite players. But uh, this one is from Edward Rowland. Said, "What is your go-to deciding factor if two quarterbacks are pretty much rated the same?" Also, are there any other topics where you would consider making a top 40? Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe uh, Pete has noted in our rundown here, top 40 weed strains. Are there? They're not 40 of them, are there? Yeah, there is. There are 40 of them? Definitely. Way more than 40. Really? Way more. Hundreds. But, but like, is Thousand. It, is it like this wine thing where it's just like, oh, here's well, this one. I taste them all. I'm like, it all tastes I mean, yeah, basically some the of same that, to me. Some of that, yes. And then they've, you know, they cross pollinate now too so it's like you know sour diesel with blue dream becomes sour dream and it's like (laughs) well we got a new one right so that's like that that's what happens in that world is it how they taste or how they affect you a little bit of all of it okay you know there is some of that i'm more about ultimately how it affects you right but if you have two that affect you the same way and then you go oh wait this one's a lot smoother when it's you know you smoke it and inhale it compared to the other one you'd favor that one all right so Hey, um, but back to the original question on football. So Pete boring. Notes, uh, I mean, Pete, weed. But, yeah, you know. yeah. You are well, the Pete notes here. You are the sommelier of weed. Yeah, the smoke melier. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I am considered that in some of my friend circles. All, all right, right. Um, we got sidetracked. Real. We got sidetracked. Yeah. All right. So yeah, what if you got two quarterbacks? You're like really having a hard time deciding who to put where. Yeah. Well, that's it, that's where my film will come in. You know, in handy, right? Like. The two we talked about today, it's a perfect question. Ritter and Howell. I was kind of like wrote, written down a few rough, you know, copies and rough drafts. And, oh, this guy, I put an arrow. Maybe I should put that guy there. And I just went, oh, I'm just going to watch the fucking film here and just, like, let it talk to me. And that'll be it. There, It was nitpicky. It was close. And what I went with more than anything was what I told you during the breakdown. Sam Howell's feel in the pocket Sam Howell's ability to control the ball with some more high-level throws, I think ultimately is what made me feel more comfortable about him. Yeah. Right? But it's, that's a very dependent question there. You know? It could cut. You know, Edward, there could be guys where, yeah, the physical ability is the same, and then I start to get into just like, all right, well, what guy do I trust more? Who makes the better decisions here? They have the same arm, the same kind of escape ability, Right. You know who's or or who's you know it, it can it, it depends on who we're comparing. Uh, that was my example for the day between Ritter and and Howell. I like that. I like that. All right, some uh, players, some questions on players. Brant Partial says, "Hey Chris, yeah, C.J. Henderson's play has been underwhelming thus far. Uh-huh. What is your take on his play, and do you think he can still live up to the hype of the eighth overall pick? So you were high on him coming out of college, correct? Out Definitely. of Florida, yep. was drafted in 2020, ninth overall by yeah. the Jaguars, right. and now is with the Carolina Panthers. What was that trade? They went. He was uh, well. He was with Jacksonville, and they traded him like midway through the year for some." Mid-round picks, I'm going to say, fourth-rounder maybe, somewhere in that range, right? 
Henderson's ability is there. Henderson fits a little bit of the Oregon corner this year or even my guy for, from LSU, uh, Christian Gonzalez, and, and the, the Texans' uh, third pick of the draft um, last year. Oh, Derek Stingley. Yeah, Stingley, right? Where C.J. Henderson taught me a little bit about those guys. C.J. Henderson's physical ability was through the roof. He had a little bit of that too cool for school. Mm. Oh, man, he got me in the double move. Let me get out of the screen so I'm not in the highlights. That, to me, the edginess is what is missing from C.J. Henderson. That would be my biggest thing, right? Because the edginess not only shows on the football field, but guess what Like what edginess usually shows, too? What do edgy people do or what, guys that are edgy that want to be good at their work, right? They work hard behind the scenes because they got an edge about them. They're fucking, I, fucking that guy beat me last year. I'm, I'm, he's never going to get open again, right? Yep. And that's where you can gleam some of those things from film and go, oh, I think the person's probably like that, too. And that's something where I think, you know, CJ uh, is missing a little bit of that edge that I see in some of the top corners in the game. Yeah, what were they last year? They were 7-10 and 10 last I know. year. They were knocking on the door uh-huh. of the playoffs. There were three 7-10 and 10 teams in the NFC South last year, including the New Orleans Saints. Ooh. LA 504 Animal, welcome to the pod, says, Hey, Chris and Ahmed, with the schedule release and the potential of their roster, I see the Saints being able to be a top one or two seed in the NFC. I know the Niners and Eagles are more talented, but have a harder road. What do you think? So we'll be able to pop up here the New Orleans Saints schedule. Of course, sometimes it's who you play. Yeah. And what kind of division you're in. I That's mean, who, right. is, who is the favorite of the NFC South right, right now? And, I mean, right now it's probably the Saints. They have the only quarterback that mm-hmm. I think people have any confidence in. Tampa won it at 8-9 and nine last year. Right. It's a, it's a crap conference. Right. Here's their schedule. Titans at Panthers at Packers then Bucks at Patriots at Texans Jaguars at Colts Bears I'm not too scared about that schedule it's 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 not bad to get some early season confidence right you know there's no doubt about that I think they are one of these teams where you know again like Atlanta a little bit where I'd go yeah they're kind of they're they're hiding they're under the radar there's a little bit there's some attributes about this football team that I think are you know, better than what people are giving it credit for just because of last year. And, hey, they blew some games last year. They got nobody to blame but themselves in some of that. You know, they, they were a fringe playoff caliber football team. They were. All line is legit. D-line still got some size and some killers there. You know, DeMario Davis still a good linebacker. The secondary is good. Now you get Michael Thomas with Olave and Rashid Shaheed. And Jawan Johnson, a tight end, right? Alvin Kamara still there. Uh, they got Kendry Miller. I, I, I would not be shocked that the Saints won the NFC South. Mm. Now, to say one or two seed, I, I don't think I'm, I'm that bullish on it, right? But I certainly see them as being one of those teams where put a little star next to them, like team that didn't make the playoffs last year that I certainly could see making this year. Washington was on the outside looking into the playoffs last year. They finished 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, which would have won the NFC South. So they just needed to switch divisions. Got a question on them from one the mums. Says you were critical of Dust Up Del Rio last season. Now he has Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin in the backfield to support his four first rounders on the defensive line. What are you expecting from the commanders next season? I'm expect I mean, hey, listen, I, I made fun of Dust Up early in the year. There's no doubt. 
I mean, first off, his comment pissed me off. So that was that pissed me off. Sorry. But you know me. I can't hold it back. I just wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm sorry not to. I'm trying not to offend anybody that way. Right. But no, he he righted the ship. They played some really damn good defense down the stretch. Yeah. With not the most talented secondary in football. We know that Dean line's real. Right. You know, that's where, again, Emmanuel Forbes was not my favorite guy in the draft at corner, but for them it makes sense. That's where I didn't get mad, yeah. right? They're, they're primarily a zone defense. They want to do that. And this is a guy that has tremendous ball skills. He's got length, right, and he's got great speed. That's usually a great fit for zone. Yeah, his hips and change of direction aren't that great. Okay, well, he won't be playing that much man-to-man. He's just going to be in his area. So that's where it fit for him. And then I love me some Quan Martin. I know he had a he got excused this weekend, I saw, or something from the rookie minicamp for some personal family issue. I hope everything's okay there. But, yeah, those were two big improvements. And this is a defense that's, you know, again, definitely top ten talent on roster. Yeah. You know, with these guys, if it all pans out, yeah, are they right back in the top five in football defensive conversation? No doubt about it. I mean, it shows you how good that division is, too, exactly. now, because Holy the crap. Eagles are going to be picked to win it. Dallas probably number two. The Giants are probably going to be picked to finish higher than Washington. Yeah. And you just gave all the compliments for why you like Washington this year. The NFC East, the one thing they always do for the most part is something that I believe in. They're a big people division. They always kind of have been. So, you know... They might not always be sexy, but like what we've learned for the most part, you know, is nobody pushes them around much. Yeah. And that gives them a chance if you manage the game and do things the right way to, to kind of hang in there. And, yeah, there's a lot of big people in this division. From the big person division to the cold weather division, the <laughs> NFC North, although the Detroit. Two of them play inside because it's, it's too cold. It's too cold. It's just too cold for that. But we, we, it's not that we can't. It's just that we yeah, just choose sure, not sure, to. It's more sure comfortable. Sure, sure. Uh, Jacob Woolsey says, NFC North is a big mystery this year. With Rodgers gone, which team do you see controlling the division for the next 10 years? Whoa. Look into your crystal ball. Well, yeah. obviously, it's the Detroit Lions. Well, the but... Lions are really set up in a great way. I mean, they are. Kind of, but there's no controlling anything for 10 years unless you're the Patriots, 10 right? 10 years is like, it's like, you know, I, you know, I don't want to never give anybody a t- Do you got Patrick Mahomes? Do you have Peyton Manning? Do you have Tom Brady? You know, yeah. you have John Elway. Oh, then yeah, maybe you, ten years you can control the division, yeah. right? I'm not really to say willing to say anything for ten years. All right, I will. Let's let's have like in the realistic NFL world for the next four to five years. I think your Lions are probably set up the best, right? But there's some other teams here in that Green Bay set up pretty good too. Yeah. As we've discussed here a little later, Green Bay's roster, and listen, they had a lot of other things that affected them last year. They're still a good football team. They're not going anywhere. The Bears are certainly trying to make their climb, but I think if I have to bet, I'm with Ahmed. I mean, he's wearing a Lions hoodie. And, I've got my colors on right, today. I, but, but I really do believe that. You know, the, the way the O-line set up, you got some young talent on D, young receivers, right? You know, running back, young, tight end, young. Yeah. You look at it and you go, damn, you guys are definitely set up to be the more talented team in the division for the next four I, to five years. I can hear Vikings fans screaming at their podcast player. Or their screen if they're watching on YouTube or Peacock right now. But they I mean, thirteen know. and four. I know, I know. Maybe they weren't thirteen and four. Yeah. But if they were ten and seven, that still puts them in the mix. Right. I. It's funny though. Vikings fans. I feel like just from social media and of course working with Floria and all that. Right. Where they. I think they. They finally realized what their team was last year. It took yeah. a little while, but once they got away from the season, they were like, "Yeah, how the hell did we do that?" And they joined the chorus of all of us. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you're right. How the hell did we do it? Um, 
there, there's some good things there. But they're, they're probably the team I look at in a lot of ways to go. I don't know where it is. It's like they need a you know the defense still needs to be flipped over. You got the Dalvin Cook issue. You know, you got the quarterback and what's going to be the long-term prospects of Kirk Cousins. So there's there's a few more questions in Minnesota. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will be one of the top favorites in their division. Oscar904 says, do you think the Jaguars have what it takes to sweep the division? So take all those games. So beat uh, Tennessee, Indy, and Houston two times. They're clearly the team everybody's chasing. I mean, no doubt about that. Jaguars roster's awesome. They have their quarterback. He's really freaking good. Sweep the division? No. I'm not they gonna... went four and two last year. Yeah, I'm not going to go there yet. I'm not going to. Indy. Indy's D is still good. Indy with Anthony Richardson and everybody adjusting to that life is going to be annoying. And how does this fend that and stop that? I'm not giving up on Tennessee Titans. No. Like, for people are just like, Assuming, what do they? Everybody think like Tennessee's just going to fall off Earth? I I don't think so. I I, I think Tennessee's still going to have a say in this. I'm yeah. picking the Jaguars to win the division. Don't get me wrong. And did you see the Titans' schedule release? I mean, it was funny. It was hilarious. Which I mean, they play me. the Red Stallions. That's a victory. <laughs> part of me was like everyone was like giving them all this praise. I'm like, yes, it was. It was funny, but ultimately, it was like what's thanks the, to the idiots on what, Broadway. Exactly. What the, inter- what the internet is good at <laughs> yeah, is right. just like making fun. We of can people. find idiots anywhere. Yeah, it's just like yeah. <laughs> here we are. We have we're an evolved species, but on the internet, just making fun of other people yeah. still will uh, rule the day. Definitely. Um, so, I yeah, liked it. I, I did, too. Yeah. I thought the Lions was good, though, too. I don't know if you saw that one. I don't think I did. No. They had AI, uh, Dan Campbell, and artificial intelligence uh, homes uh, playing Madden together. Okay. So it, was, it, was actually very, it was actually very fun. Pete okay. is very against AI, but it was a, it was a fun concept there. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Uh, A couple more questions here. Let's go to uh, this one. It's about uh, off-field problems. Mm. Sambivalent01 says, I don't know if you follow the NBA. I do. But a lot's been going on with Ja Morant and off-court firearm issues with all that's happened with Jalen Carter, et cetera, this draft season. What kinds of things do veterans do to ameliorate concerns with young players? We have a smart homie. That is way too big of a word, (laughs) Sambivalent01. What are you doing with that word? What Say that. Yeah. Say, say that word again. Ameliorate. Ameliorate. Which I think means just like get rid of, right? Just Yes. Sam Bivalent went to Oxford and I went to Texas and I got to learn that word, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have followed. I follow the NBA. Yeah. I do. Uh, I, I haven't seen this recent John Morant 
video. I guess it was an Instagram live where right. he and he's was in the back of background, a car. Maybe. Right, yeah, and you can see a, a gun I and it was waving so. around a little bit, right? Yeah. And this is after he said he's not two other do it incidents anymore. that we've had this year, right? That have been little altercations or issues or whatever else. So, man, NBA is just. I, I one I didn't play in the NBA. Two, I know players in the NBA and have been around that group and culture, especially when I was playing a little bit, that it's a different culture, you know. The NFL's a it's it's a dictatorship. There's an owner and a head coach and everybody says yes, sir. Not in the NBA. NBA, I don't even know what you would say. It's not really a democracy. There's something else. Like there's a king and like the the, the players can be the king more. They, they like the guy who scores forty three and is like the man. Everybody just goes, "You're the man." That's it. Hey, yeah. what did you say to do? Okay, you're the man. Tell us what to do. They mean so much. Well, one, one guy, five. right? Yeah. I mean, if if, one, if a best player in basketball goes to a new team, we go, "Well, they're in the running for the NBA championship," right? I mean, that's how it's. So there's a different culture there. Football, and again, I'm not trying to discredit basketball. I have the most utmost respect. You know this. It's it's. I love basketball. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying the culture and the pecking order and the military mil- military way of the NFL is just different that way, okay? You know, yes, one guy, unless it's Mahomes or somebody like that, doesn't dictate your team, right? So there, there's differences there. And then, you know, you got a lot more varieties and guys that have been around different things and experiences in your locker room because there's just more guys in general to maybe lean on or help you or go talk to you or whatever, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think that's where, you know, in a place where, hey, Memphis and Job Morant's the man, he's one of the best players in the NBA, you know, do they have the same, what do I want to say, checks and balances that maybe the Eagles will have with Jalen Carter? And what I mean by that is, like, with checks and balances of, like, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox being like, hey, dudes, no, don't go fuck, don't go to that fucking club tonight. You're going to get in trouble. Hey, we're going to my house tonight, barbecue. Like, we're going to have there, we'll drink a few beers at our house, blah, blah, blah. Hey, Rook, Rook, are you seriously about to get in the fucking car? You're making blah, 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 million dollars. Get an Uber. Or here's, you know, here's my, my boy, Johnny. He'll drive you wherever you got to go. Whatever. Yeah. Right? I just feel like there's maybe more of that. And again, I'm, I'm speaking out of my ass to a degree here. Sure. I haven't been in an NBA locker room, but I've, I had a lot of NBA friends through yeah. the years, and I just know it's a little more individualistic and, you know, not as team-based and yeah. traveling with your team and your guys as much, you know, everywhere you go. So players know that they're not going to be able to get away with it as much, maybe, or... I feel like they're just that... Teams move on quicker. Yes, the ability. NFL has a little bit more of a stricter way about them, it seems, you know, they just smack the gavel harder. Wait, you did this? Fine. Suspended. Just screw you. Here, give us more money. You're back yeah. that we gave you first, but now you got to give it back. Yeah. Right? It just there's, there's, there's more of that. And then I think also in the culture of, like, you know, again, it's just part of being an NFL football player. Like, guys like Jalen Carter, he's had coaches yelling at him his whole life, and he's going to get to Philadelphia, and his defensive coach is going to tell him, hey, you dumb shit, do this and do this, and don't go out and be an idiot tonight and do that. They're just a little more frank frankness and the talking yes. all right so that would be my two cents yeah, yeah. I, I get that i mean there's still teams that passed on jalen carter and i'm assuming they all saw what you saw in film that he was the best player in the draft definitely and, but they were scared they're scared they, they, they there's some uncertainty whether he right. can handle it in that locker room sure. if he's going to be a 
a uh, cancer in the locker room or not. So right. uh, good question, Sam Bevelin. And ameliorate, Pete's looked it up, is to make something bad or unsatisfactory better. Okay. To remedy. Right. To rehabilitate, to improve. So yeah. I would just go with probably improve. Yeah. You know. Well, but that would be it. The, but we wouldn't sound as smart as Sam Bivolin. Teach, teach him how to act, train, eat, where to go when you're outside of the facility. Yeah. Right? Certain people you can call if you got an issue, whatever else, and that's how they will help ameliorate Jalen yeah. Carter's issues. <laughs> if it goes bad, right. just ameliorate it. Right. Yeah, just right. ameliorate exactly. it. That's, that's what, what I say. do. When it's bad, ameliorate that's what I say. It's a saying I got. It's I got a tattoo actually in my right rib that says that. You and Kyle. When it goes bad, ameliorate. <laughs> it is now. Uh, I can tell we're getting to the end of the pod. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, getting final, delusional. Final question is about weed, booze, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Man, bam, I mean, bam, and bam. They go together, up, don't sums they? Sums up this podcast Poor 100%. Jackson Smith he gets, and Jigba. He gets thrown into that. He's like, what yeah. did I ever do to be thrown in there? You're right. Uh, Hawkstrologer. Love the pod, Chris and Ahmed. Number one, Chris, how old were you when you first smoked weed? Okay. Um, 16 and a half. Okay. I was... Uh, Is this out there? Do people know this, or are you releasing this for the first I, time? I, I, you know, I mean, people do know it, but... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. 16... I just don't remember it. So here, here I'll, I'll give you the real story here. Yeah. I, I was going to a friend's house, Owen Corso, right? Oh, no. He was Owen. Owen could always have a few people over on the weekend, okay. right? Like o- Owen's got roped into this got, now. Yeah, Owen got roped. He had, a, he had a mom that was always like, he had older brothers. So okay. she was used to like people being around, right? And okay, the high school kids are going to drink some beers or whatever. We had a, a friend, Teddy Gusiara, Teddy Gusiara, who was... Uh, um, played on my football team too. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's North Jersey. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, they know. Uh, you know yeah. But yeah, we got. We'll be happy they're part of the pod. Exactly. You know? yeah. Teddy Gusiora. He no was criminal activity. Actually, it is criminal. He was activity, kind of our. He was an offensive lineman yeah. who was. He was. We had. We had stoners at our school. Okay. We were kind of known as like the jock deadhead school. Okay. And then we had guys that were like kind of did both where you're like yeah he's a deadhead but he's a damn good jock too when he puts on his jock like, yeah. you better watch out for this guy yeah right he's gonna after the game yeah he's gonna smoke a lot of weed but he's gonna be good out here on the field uh-huh. right and yeah teddy was like the offensive lineman when i would scramble too much in a game he'd always be out of breath and be like would you stop fucking scrambling and i'd be like would you stop smoking weed <laughs> right yeah. all right so yeah that's why we're out of breath right now <laughs> that's why we're out of breath right so um but but i i went in the garage with him i had never done it and he was in the garage, and I just got there, and I was kind of been thinking about who I want to. And the football had just been over, so I was like, "Oh, I'd always kind of wanted to try it." And I was like, "Who better to try it with him? I know he's got good stuff, right?" And he had like some crazy looking pipe, and I was like, "Damn, this guy's got to be a professional." So I tried it, and it fucking knocked me for a loop. Yeah, I mean, I think thirty minutes later, I was laying on the floor of the party, and I was like, "Oh." oh my gosh you're so big your face is big and i was laughing and doing all this crazy crap the bad thing is i had a game the next day a basketball game which i don't know why i did i had a basketball game and i remember being on the bus going to the basketball game going damn i feel like i'm still high and it was like 2 30 in the afternoon yeah and you know but i'd never smoked before and maybe i just felt cloudy right damn i played good though you did oh man i hit the game winning three-pointer Maybe it's because I wasn't thinking. I was just like playing, reacting. whatever, reacting. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that was my that was my first time. If you could go back, what is it now? Twenty four years in that garage, would you have stopped Chris Sims from doing that that night? Uh, probably not. No, no. <laughs> There's other nights I would have stopped Chris Sims on, but not yeah, you, that yeah, one. Yeah, that's low on the priority. I was good list. too. I mean, I was not like then. I I wouldn't smoke again for 
eight weeks. Yeah. You know, it, I start. I made it like a every now and then thing where I'd be like, sure. hey, let's, you know, let's smoke and go watch a movie and get some ice cream tonight. Right. Like once every 10 weeks. So I would do that. And then college. I was very light and few and far between until I got yeah. later in college. I started, you know, messing with it a little more. He goes, number two, Ahmed. Same question for alcohol. So I was uh, 19 at <laughs> Michigan State University. Okay. Mich- 19? Yes. Yeah, wow. You time. were a such, see, you're such a good boy. I, I was. I yes. know. And still am to yeah, this day. Yeah, you still are. I still no, claim you still to be are. there to yes. this day. And uh, it was when Michigan State, I was going there my freshman year. Right. They were in the final four. Okay. Basketball. The team cleaves, right? Yeah, yeah. They did. They lost. Right. And uh, so I had. Uh, I did had, they lose you, Florida? I, I don't remember. I think it was either Kentucky. I think a Kentucky maybe. Could have been um, Kentucky. Uh, it was not in the championship game. It was in the semifinal game. Right. And, uh, and I had half of a, a beer. Yeah. And I th- it was the first time I ever drank. And I thought, I was like, man, this is really affecting me. I mean, it probably didn't affect me at all. But uh, right after I drank that half of a beer, it was the riots at Michigan State where they burned a bunch of couches. I don't oh, know if you remember I about that. I do kind of remember that. And uh, I just went out and watched uh, people burn stuff. Wow, okay. So that was my first time ever consuming alcohol. And just and the last. And, and the just last. beers. Half of a beer. Okay. Pretty lame. So it is lame. But when? so when's the first time you got tipsy? When I went to Syracuse the next year, I had a roommate that was 22 years old. Right. And he would just buy for, we had four people in our room. We were still in the dorms. Right. But he was 22 years old, and so he could go legally buy. Sure. And then every once in a while, the RA would pound on the door and be like, hey, you guys are being super loud. And then open the door and would see all these like beer cans around my friend. And we would just say, he did it. You know, he drank them all. And right. it was like, what could they do? He yeah. was legal. He's he could 22. do that. He right. was 22. Right. Uh, so that was the first time that happened. And, okay. You know, and yeah. All right. And the, la- and the last. And the last. Never if you're listening and you're Ahmed's family, he's <laughs> never right. done it again. And the final part of the three-part question, and it all goes together. Oh, it does. Uh, predict Jackson Smith and Jake was 2023 20, <laughs> catches, yards, and touchdowns. It's <laughs> uh, a great segue there. <laughs> right. um, yeah, you know, he's got some people he's going to have to share the ball with here, right? I mean, listen, I don't think DK and Lockett are going anywhere as far as their influence in that offense. Um they're the kind of guys that are going to be around that 80 to 100 reception type range. I do think they're going to all lose some catches because Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to take some of them. I'm going to say Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm going to say like high 60s. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I do. Mid, mid 60s, high 60s, somewhere in there. I could see him having like a 65 reception. You know, 850-yard year, right? Something like that. Or 800 yards. something Somewhere in that range. I'm pulling up the Seahawks stats right now. That's what I'm doing, too. Yeah, Metcalf had 90 for 1,048, and Lockett had 84 for 133. Who was their third pass catcher? It was Noah Fant at 50 for 486, okay. right? So, right. yeah, I, I think he dives into Noah Fant's catches. And he will dive into DK and Tyler Lockett's as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're exciting about what you know as far as what they can be on offense this year. Man, you, they got some firepower. You think he takes more from Lockett or Metcalf? I think he's gonna take more from Lockett. I do. Um, yeah, I think that Lockett. Some of the plays he got in the middle of the field is gonna lose that now. They're gonna go. Oh, wait, wait, we drafted this guy and he's really good at the middle of the field. So you stay out there. And if you get one on one, we'll throw it to you. But if the safeties are split. We like Jackson Smith and Jigbo over the middle because he's big. He'll catch the ball. He'll break a tackle and probably get 10 more yards, right? Uh, I, uh, that's where I think 
things going to happen. Uh, Kenneth Walker had 27 catches last year, too, and he only played in, uh, what yeah, was it? 10 uh, games? Oh, no, he, he played in 15 games. games. It was that he, many? Started 11, yeah. Yeah. Must have been partial time, but um, he could have a few more. Uh, Hawk Strollager, well done. Way to go, Hawk Strollager. Way the, to put it all together there. The Weed, booze, and Jackson, had. Smith, and Jigbo. What goes better than that? <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's, it's a catchphrase. That you is. have that tattoo as well. That's right. Your yeah, other rib. I'll get there. And my other rib. Exactly. All right, everybody. There you got it. 40 through 36. Chris Sims top 40 is underway. We'll be back Wednesday. We're going to release more. We got Connor Rogers back in the fold this week because Ahmed is going to the Preakness. Going to the Preakness. And then going to a baseball game. Going to a baseball game. And then coming back in here to do a pod again. Oh, by the way, real quick, over the weekend, you've got to say it on the pod, right? A huge moment, a huge father moment. Uh, You have to say it. uh, uh, Little Phil. Little Phil, right? Uh, Little Phil... Who's yeah, just getting back in the swing of thing in baseball again. He uh game tying homer, his first home run over the fence oh, in left field. What a moment. Right. So that was cool. Yeah, he plays on a little travel team here in Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh playing a team they were down nine eight, six top of the sixth inning, oh. right? He uh yeah, he cr- he crushed one. It was his first big hits of the year. Had a triple earlier in the game, so that was good because he's between COVID, they had a year where they barely played baseball. Yeah. He hurt his shoulder last year. To the point where we started, and he was like, kept, and I would be, I had to get, he had to get rehab. He had a real little, little issue with it. So it was basically like three years without, without baseball. And uh, I give him a lot of credit. He's been hanging in there. It's been a lot of strikeouts, you know, a lot of, eh, didn't hit the ball that good. He's just getting in the groove pitching again. But his work ethic, his love for the game, all that is kind of, you know, kept him, kept him in there. And it's, it's starting to pay off, that's which is cool. always good to see. That's cool. Right. I love that. That's right. So that's right, everybody. Keep working. Do it for the love of the game. Yep. That's what we do it for. All be right. Be like little Phil. Be like, be like little Phil. All right. Subscribe, rate, review. Okay. Ahmed, good luck at the Preakness this weekend. Thank you. Have fun. I'll be watching. And I'm going to be paying closer attention to the pit sweat. Okay. Oh, I hope you do. Yeah, I hope you do. I hope it's 110 there it's and you sweat through your, 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 suit. All right, everybody, be good. Hit us up Wednesday. You know where to find us about the rankings. Clap it up. Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.